0: Again, you're you look different than 99 percent of the people, especially in the late 90s, you know, and that kind of marginalized me in a way I wasn't ready for. So, yeah, I absolutely hit bottom, and I was just I was ready to to check out because I couldn't I couldn't deal with stepping out of the house and knowing that I am be torn apart by people anymore. You know, it's too much to carry. I've always felt and then it's fear. I was born with several flaws. I have always felt small. not to take risks. take risks. I
1: may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader.
0: Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted.
1: Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up,
0: use their voice, and make an impact in this world
1: friends. Welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host and the show is for unconventional leaders. We want to celebrate those who are going against the grain, stepping up, using their voice and making an impact in this world. I had the honor of connecting with Joshua Coburn. I found him on IG and was instantly drawn to his unconventional work. And today we're going to talk about how to build Confidence When you don't have the external validation that you would like, Joshua grew up in a small farm town and was marginalized his entire life because of the way he looked and his personal goals and interests, endured a lot of bullying and judgment, and as a result, in his early 20s, actually considered taking his own life. He's now a motivational speaker, author, mentor, entrepreneur, and 5% sponsored athlete, and now has dedicated his life and career to redefining stereotypes and assisting others in reaching their dreams. Joshua shares his story with us today and talks about how we can build confidence when we feel like we're all alone, how we can stop comparing ourselves to others, and even fitness's role in developing a stronger mindset. Joshua is a super cool dude. I encourage you to check out his links, his book, website, Instagram, all the things in the show notes. And listen, if there is one person who sticks out in your mind while you're listening to this conversation, maybe they really struggle with confidence and like Joshua was marginalized bully growing up, or even now, if there is someone who would really benefit from Joshua's story, please just take a screenshot of this episode and drop a link to them in their instant messenger, an email, a text message, whatever it is. We want to impact as many people as we can this year and need your help to do it. So thank you so much. For sharing this episode with that person. All right, friends, let's get into this powerful conversation about how to build confidence without external validation with Joshua Coburn.
0: I mean, what really kind of led me to helping others was I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I was struggling. I grew up in a small town uh, in the Midwest where I was kind of like the weird kid. You know what I mean? I I preferred work over sports, even though I was good at sports. We didn't have a lot of money so and my interests were in books and national geographic and travel not in small town farm culture so i stuck out like a sore thumb which also made me a target early on so i got a lot of crap for not living a conventional life you know to to midwesterners and um long story short uh I was basically told that people from where I'm from don't do the things that I wanted to do, which was, you know, travel the world, write books and change lives, whatever that meant. I just had no idea how to do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead, I got a factory job because that's what people in the Midwest do, right? And I hated myself. I hated my life and I hit bottom. And ultimately, it was in those moments that I realized, look, if I can take responsibility for my ultimately for what was going to be my death. What happens if I really take responsibility for my life and kind of forget all the crap that people put on me that I willingly carry for whatever silly reason? Looking back, it's silly we allow that. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was in those moments. It was like, you know, if I'm going to change my life and take responsibility for my life, I'm going to pick other people up along the way. So, I mean, that's, that's the real long and short of it. Of course, uh, there's, yeah. there's a lot more, but, um, you know, that's, that's the real quick and dirty
1: Yeah. Now, you you when you say end your life, you literally were contemplating taking your life at one point. Is that true? Uh,
0: Yeah, absolutely. I wrote the note. I was ready, and um, I I was dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety at that time because you know I was judged so much because I started getting heavily tattooed. For those uh, who can't see me, uh, even my face is tattooed, and you know again in a small town that's so bizarre. But it gave me confidence. I was finally making my skin comfortable for myself but of course you leave your comfort zone and again you're you look different than 99% of the people especially in the late 90s you know and that kind of marginalized me in a way i wasn't ready for so yeah i absolutely hit bottom and i was just i was ready to to check out because i couldn't i couldn't deal with stepping out of the house and knowing that i would be torn apart by people anymore you know it was too much to carry
1: yeah and how old were you at that point
0: i had just turned 20 i believe you were young yeah yeah, I was twenty. Um and again, you know, at that point I'd I'd already done things that were kind of unconventional and, and I'd reached some goals and I'm like, Well, I've already done things people said I couldn't, you know, I'd been on TV and done some other things and you know, I was like, Ah, this is it's enough. I can just I'll I'll check out, you know, I don't need to carry this and I don't want to deal with the stress and done. Uh but what's really crazy is again, once I really took responsibility for my life, uh I realized how easy it was to start making positive changes Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong. It takes a bit to, to uh, kind of get to the goal, but those baby steps, man, those, those make a massive impact, especially when you're at bottom.
1: Yeah. Now what was, what was your like family support there? Did you have close relationships there?
0: Uh, Unfortunately I did not. Um, I remember like, and it was the same kind of thing. My my mom, I got my first tattoo, you know, which was on my shoulder, like, no big deal. First thing my mom said was, you know, how long have you been doing drugs, Josh? And it's like, I've never touched a drug to this day in my life. So, I mean, it was heavy judgment. Um, and my dad, you know, he was a struggling alcoholic at the time, dealing with a lot of his own trauma and his own issues, and really didn't understand me. Because, again, we're in this small farm community, and I look like a version of this, you know what I mean? And that was really hard for him to process. And I at the time didn't realize that not only were people asking me questions, wondering why I was making the choices I was making, they were also, also asking my family, like, what's wrong with your son? Yeah. And that's such a crazy amount of pressure that I had no idea that was happening to them until many years later. So there was zero support back then.
1: How did you find that? I know know, psychologically, we all have like this need for, and no matter what you say, we all do, like belonging and sense of some kind of community and feeling seen and heard and all that. And I know unconventional leaders, they struggle with that a lot because they there's a lot of loneliness in it. Like nobody right. gets me. I don't feel heard. I don't feel seen. And so when you're 20 years old, you're looking at your life, like contemplating if it's even worth going on. I, I know saying, you know, kind of pulling yourself up the bootstraps and going forward, but right. what kind of internal work had to take place for that to even be possible?
0: Man, you know, it, I mean, it was an every, it, it wasn't a day to day thing. It was a moment by moment thing. And I remember it, Going back to your to your mention of, of belonging, I didn't feel like anybody got me. Yeah. And uh, you know, I knew it wasn't I wasn't completely alone in the world because at that time this is pre social media, so I couldn't make those connections, but I read enough and I, I'd pick up magazines and stuff. I knew there were people out there that sought the same adventure I did. I knew there were people writing books, I knew you know there were people making a difference in lives. I just didn't know where those people were. They sure weren't in central Iowa you know, so I didn't know. But what I did know is that I wasn't alone. And I knew that I had just gone through my teens when I was 20. And I knew that I struggled heavily through those years. So I could not be the only one there either. And one of the things I talk about a lot in schools is, is that, you know, if, if you feel like you don't belong, make other people belong with you, create your own tribe. So that's ultimately what started to set me on the path to, speaking in schools and doing that stuff because I'm like, I I had nothing to lose. I could be vulnerable. And that's something a lot of people struggle with, especially leaders, because they got to be something, right? You got to stand up and be that. Um, That's exactly what I do. But the way I do it is by shedding all my skin because I got scars. But I know you have scars and everybody else has scars. And I mean, judge me for them. But at the end of the day, the number of people who are waiting for hugs after a speaking engagement are much less than the number of people who are judging me for my scars and I'll take those hugs over those judgments any day. Mm. So that's really what it came down to you know is is accepting vulnerability and knowing there's others out there. But to your point how, where does that bravery come from? Where do you start kind of cultivating that? Again, I was struggling with happiness. I was struggling with myself. And it really, i what I started doing is start, I started writing myself notes, like little sticky notes, and putting them all over my apartment, in my car, everywhere. And they would just say, like, you know, today, choose happiness and other things that we've all read somewhere at some point. And those would help me kind of uh, just be like, oh, you know, smile. They're contagious. Okay. And it reinforced that I would practice happiness every day. And then I started posting my own quotes on back in the day, MySpace, then Facebook. Yeah, yeah. right.
1: (laughs) I met my husband on MySpace. I'll admit it.
0: Oh, snap. (laughs) I I met my wife on IG. So, you know, I get it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, it, it really came down to that. And once it started hitting on social media, you know, I was doing it so people would You know, if I'm out and about, they'd be like, bro, you ain't smiling. You're talking about smiling on, on, you know, Facebook. That's pretty sad. And I wanted to be a man of integrity. So I'd have to work that. Mm. And as that started to change, people stopped telling me that I wasn't smiling because I was. But they started telling me stories about how my daily posts were changing their lives. And that was like, you know, And, and that's ultimately what changed my life from a business perspective. Correct me
1: if I'm wrong. What I hear you saying is that you were in this space of like working on yourself, but you were still trying to help other people through that process. So kind of through your own pain, through your own experience, you're using that as leverage to say, Hey guys, I see you. I know how you feel and using your message before you had it all together.
0: Absolutely. Like I, I, I knew that if I put it out there, people would maybe start to connect and they would they'd support me or call me out. I didn't know what kind of impact it would truly have. I just knew that connecting with people on an emotional level level would matter. But once it really started happening, like, I mean, it's, it's changed my whole life. I've lived every dream I have because of that. And that's such a bizarre thing to think about, you know, cause I'm still that um, kind of out of place kid from small town. Well, none of that changed. Yeah. Now I'm just an out of place kid that, You know, like uh, last year, I spoke at my first billion dollar uh, corporation, like billion dollar. And I walked in with my with my big beard and tattoos and a T-shirt to talk to all these executives and the entire staff. And it's like, I still don't fit in. But it's funny how. It goes back to that quote, if you don't belong, make them belong with you. And that's what I do. So when I leave, we're all connected. And that's the goal. That's that's about building culture and emotional connection among other human beings. And that's what's so important to me.
1: Whew. It's church, man. Look, this is my own kind of church right here. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Tell me, is there like a shift where you kind of felt that, um, you know, I'm really struggling to kind of shifting into I feel a little more healed and I'm going to use this as a platform. Was there a moment or when did you kind of start kind of feeling that ownership of what you wanted to lead?
0: Um, It it really started in, I would say probably 2013. Um, I released what was then my third book. It was called Inspiration On Demand. And when that book dropped, uh, it it was actually funded. It was funded on uh, Kickstarter back in the day, if you remember that. And it, it really came from people just being like, hey, those quotes you're writing like i want them for my you know for my backpack or my purse or a lot of soldiers were like dude i want it for my rucksack which again mind-blowing and um so they funded it and when it was released like we sold through uh the first uh hard covers in like no time and that put me on uh, fox news and keep in mind this is an independent release so i'm on fox news i'm doing podcasts and then schools and corporations started calling and that was the first time I ever felt like kind of validated mm. and and that there was a switch because I'm like okay you know what this isn't me saying hey guys look at me I have things to say it was now someone saying you have value and we'd like to pay you for it even and that was just like whoa you know what I mean? Like what a crazy change. And, you know, I, I, I'm naturally confident at this point I've worked on it my whole life and to be able to go into a business or a school and take a hold of, you know, 3,500 students for 90 minutes. If, if I didn't have that leadership mind going into that, they'd eat me alive. You know, I'd be, I'd be dead. (laughs) I'd be like chum, you know, to sharks.
1: Yeah. Now the years leading up before that validation was there times where you're like, screw this. I'm done being an inspirational dude. Like, this isn't paying off. Nobody's listening to me. Did you struggle with that at all? And if so, like, how did yep. you kind of press forward?
0: It, in the interest of total vulnerability, I struggled with that three months ago, six months ago. Sure. Um, I yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just real life because seasons change and circumstances change. It's not that I, because um, back then I wanted to prove myself. Now I have people that rely on me. Does that supersede my own self-preservation and mental health? It it did, and I allowed it to. Is that okay? Hell no, it's not okay. But I allowed that, so I had to like get back centered and get back on track because otherwise I was going to walk away because I was just mentally tired to to backtrack. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, it. it re- I really struggled with uh, kind of the the like making it like because I I had my own goals, but like making it was me comparing myself to other people i'm not some tattooed tony robbins that is not what i do you know what i mean and people all the time are like oh so you're like uh, tony robbins kind of guy no i am i i marketing says i'm a motivational speaker and author and all these things that my bio makes me sound cool for but what i am is i'm a dude that's going to come hang out and make like three thousand new friends when i speak and i had to get out of my head that i was Tony Robbins, because I'm not. And I don't want to be that. I'm a dude who's going to come and give hugs and make people understand they have friggin' value. That's who I am. I'm not going to say ever, you know, hey, when I'm done, go to the back of the room and get my book and this, you know, $200 plan to make your life better. Screw that. No, you can do it. And let's work on this together.
1: Yeah. Now that loops perfectly back around to what you said a moment ago. You said, I am a confident guy and I've worked on that. So building that confidence from someone who was unconventional, kind of the underdog, uncomfortable in his skin and, you know, Iowa and really struggling to the man that I'm seeing right now who can own all of it. Like what are some of those confidence practices and things that we can start implementing to step into that?
0: Absolutely. Uh, You know, I always always feel like people kind of start by looking at, I always equate it to like a mountain. You're standing at the bottom. You're like, I can never climb that. And I'm just like, you know, understand that the mountain's there, but you're starting the hike right now. And look at your feet and just ahead of it so you're not tripping it up. And understand every step, you're saying something good to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it sounds silly. It's been said a thousand times. I'm not the only one who said this. But the that positive reinforcement, it might take every – well, back in the day, it was moment by moment. Now I rarely have to step back and look in the mirror and be like, bro, you got this today. You know, I have a huge speaking gig for a big corporation coming up next week. And I know that morning I would be like, look, man, it's been a bit since you've done a business. You're going to get out there. You're going to slay it. And you're going to walk away with a ton of new friends. And it's going to be unbelievable. You got this. And I'm going to go do that. And that used to be me walking into the grocery store. Like, you got to go get milk, man. Go ahead and go get your money, put it in your hand. You know, it's going to be, you know, $1.85, get two bucks, you know, and I would walk myself through even those little moments. So for those out there at the very beginning, start at the very beginning, start where you're at and understand it's okay to tell yourself, I just got to go from the front door of my apartment to my car. I'm going to get in my car and then I'm going to start driving. And you get in the car, tell yourself what's next. That's totally okay. And I think a lot of people think that You know, I see people do that all the time. I'm so weak for that. No, you're just in a different place. Stop the comparisons, you know? So again, it sounds maybe silly, but I think all the greatest leaders out there, I think the people that are creating legacies every day, that's how they started. And that still applies. I mean, I can't imagine there's not a moment that uh, The Rock isn't standing in his trailer before nailing a big scene. And he doesn't say, you rehearsed you're ready for this. Go kick some ass, buddy. And then he does. I mean, at every level, that's it's on us. And we have to reinforce that because no one else is going to.
1: That is the real stuff, man. Now you mentioned uh, the rock, which reminded me of fitness, which reminds me yeah. that you're passionate about leveling up with your fitness too over the past few years you've kind of gone through your own transformation and really leveled up uh, right. fitness this why is that piece important
0: uh you know what it came down to is i saw some photos of me speaking and i was like you know people are always like gosh your story's so powerful what you do is so amazing and i look at the pictures and I, I was like wow little tattooed guy with because i'm not a huge guy i'm only five six people think i'm like six eight you know mm-hmm. and uh i'm like little tattooed guy with a little dad bought pooch and tiny little arms, that's, that's not a uh, representation of power and having craft together, right? Mentally, I was together, but physically, I was not. And uh, the three dots that are tattooed on my forehead that a lot of people ask about represent your body, your mind and your environment. Mm. And it's about being who you are by aligning those three things. Well. Fact is, when I looked at that picture, I realized my body was out of alignment. I had good people around me. My environment was good. Mentally, I was on target, but I was failing with my body. So I committed right then to working out in a dingy-ass, nasty back shed with rusty secondhand weights to start this process. And when I went to my first gym, you know, this isn't long ago. It's like five years ago. I was going through a divorce like it was rough, and I'm starting over. I didn't know if I could spend money, I didn't know if I'd have money, and so I went with what I had, you know crappy old tennis shoes and and uh you know some cargo shorts, and people looked at me funny and thought that I was weird, but I was there. I was picking up heavy things, I was making progress, and eventually it all turned around, and weirdly enough, like a year and a half in, I got picked up uh, by five percent nutrition to be a sponsored athlete and I'm like, what i'm I'm not a Bodybuilding competitor. I'm just a dude who's out there doing it and documenting it, you know, just like I always have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the balance because I get this a lot the balance between acceptance, like self acceptance, loving yourself, owning your skin, who you are, and also self improvement.
0: Right. That's a really interesting uh, kind of question. Um, I'm always looking for kind of progress. You know what I mean? I'm always looking for the next thing. and Admittedly, I am terrible at stopping and smelling the roses. Thankfully, my wife is like, look at the empire you built. Mm. Enjoy that. Yeah. And that that goes for the temple that we build too. Or the or not even that, the temple we are blessed with. You know, I, 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 I hear often from mothers who are like, you know, my whole midsection is destroyed from having these children and I hate it. And I automatically... I don't think that way at all. I'm like, holy cow. Like, I get it. But those are battle wounds because you gave life. Like, love that. And I have to say those things to myself. I have stretch marks. You know, I have scars. I don't maybe always look my best, but I think in terms of balancing that out is understanding that, hey, you know, I I am happy in the skin I am in, but also, you know, I see these couple of things, but if I never fix them, I'm okay with it. And that's what I have to say, and that that goes for a lot of things. I've had in the last six months to kind of come to terms with what I, what I am, like uh, like I don't have anything to prove. Yeah. I did everything I ever said I do, and then a million times more, and you know, I'm always like, well, I could do this and I could do this, and what about these things?" But I'm like, "Wow, but I don't have to." Because I've I've already done the things I set out to do, and I think, and and maybe that's age. You know, I'm almost forty. Maybe it's just kind of getting to the point where I've finally fully gotten comfortable in who I am. But I would I'm equally as comfortable on a stage or on social media as I am working in my backyard with my family. And that peace only comes from kind of getting to that place of of understanding yourself and who you are and accepting. This is you. This is your life. If you're not ready for that, I encourage people to work for something else. But that doesn't mean you can't love today and yeah. your situation or where you're at and who you are. Yeah. So I, I don't know that that really answered your question, but I guess that's more been have. my process to get there.
1: That, that uh, being comfortable in your own skin. Oprah's my girl, so I know I love her. Mm. I was listening to her yesterday, and she she was talking about when she mm. – he, he mentioned 42 – um, when I got, she said, when I got close to 40, that's when I started really feeling like proud of myself and owning in my, you know, what you just said is that, so do you think we kind of, it's just an age thing that when we get to that point, that's, what's going to happen? Or is there ways, you know, people in their twenties, teens can kind of take a piece of that pie and have it now?
0: Yeah. Uh, that's a great question as well. I think I, to be honest, I don't know if it's like a, a number thing. I think it's a perspective thing. Mm-hmm. And Yes, I believe that you could have it at, you know, twelve or fifteen or, or eighty-five. I think it's a matter of stepping out of who you are and looking at your life objectively. Cause like you can look at my life and you can you know be like, wow, this dude's, you know, fitness and, and mentally on point. He's doing all these things, he's got his crap together. Uh but in those moments I can feel like I'm an absolute yeah. nightmare mess, which, you know, could be true. But also I have to understand, like, look, because these couple of things are going on, that doesn't mean your life is shit. That just means you're going through this. That doesn't eliminate everything else you've ever created or the life you've lived. So I think if you know, if you're twenty one and you're just going through maybe, you know, getting ready to start your second year of college and you're looking back and, you know, you're not loving college right now, that doesn't mean your life is terrible. It just means, look, I can address these things, but I've already accomplished, I survived high school. Like that's a miserable time in most people's lives and they should be proud of that. So step out of yourself and look back, you know, if they're making moves for a good future and they've achieved some good things on the way, or maybe they've just overcome adversity. Yeah. You know, there's so many little things. I think stepping out of yourself and looking at your life and saying, I did that once in a while is a monstrous achievement alone.
1: That's, that's fire, man. Well, I have one last question for you, Joshua. But before I get there, first, I just want to acknowledge you for the work that you're doing out in the world. Being vulnerable and being willing to share your story and like the pain and the hurt and the things that you've gone through, is it's hard, but it's so needed. Our culture is so desperate for real leaders to step up, use their voice, make an impact the way that you're doing. So thank you so much for your work and for jumping on here. With us today, where can people connect with you? And you have several books and one new one, right?
0: Uh, yeah, the latest one is called "Shit That Needs Said," so you can kick all the ass. Um, and and all my stuff now is independent. I used to go through publishers, but it's a whole other story. Independence is the way to go, in my opinion. You can find it at JoshuaCoburn.com. Uh, myself and my wife signed and packed every single one ourselves, so it's absolutely personal. And and all my social media is just like at Joshua Coburn. Uh, just Google me; you'll find me. It's that easy. So.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Very last question. Let's say we were to go back almost 20 years ago with that young man in his early twenties where he's contemplating, is my life even worth living? I've done all the things. I don't know if I can continue. I feel like such an outcast an outlier, just this deep dark depression that he was in. if you were to go back and sit with him for a moment and tell him one thing, what would that be?
0: Uh Um, Wow, that's heavy. Uh, so I can see that guy. That's almost emotional for me. Um, gosh, to sit across from me then, I think it would be as simple as reminding myself that it's, it's not that big of a deal. The things that you're carrying, the things that you're facing, it seems huge now, but just keep going because it's not a big deal. You, you're going to carry way heavier things way easier in the future and what you're experiencing today, not a big deal. Pick it up and carry it because you're stronger than you think you are. That's what I would say.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.